this is Structure, the podcast. I'm Sam Ward. And I'm Michelle Rose. We talk to the designers and minds behind the most creative products in the outdoor industry. This week on Structure, we talk to Sue Ball from the Portland Development Commission's Athletic and Outdoor Group. We'll hear what her group is doing to support and sustain the outdoor industry in Portland. The first question I wanted to ask you was if you could just briefly explain what the Portland Development Commission is for people who maybe don't know and maybe how it came to be. And, and then specifically, if you could talk to how long it's been involved with the athletic and outdoor industry there in Portland. Sure. Um, so the Portland Development Commission was created by voters in 1958 as the, the city's urban renewal agency. So it was really started to help combat um, what was known then as urban blight, which is taking properties that were in disrepair and helping develop them to you know, look better, uh, clean up the streets a bit. And so really, for the longest time, Portland Development Commission was really focused on redevelopment and physical redevelopment of the city. Starting about five or six years ago, as the economy was deep in recession, the mayor at the time, Sam Adams, was really interested in creating more of an economic development strategy for the city to create jobs. And so now we sort of focus on two different areas, which is urban renewal as well as economic development, which kind of go hand in hand. The economic development strategy really focuses on four key industries, and those are technology and software, advanced manufacturing, technology, and then athletic and outdoor. For each of our clusters, we had staff for the cluster to help identify what are the issues in this industry, how can we get um, more jobs created within each of these industries, what does the city need to do to help, and how can we help support and promote this industry. It's so cool to hear all that piece. The fact that you were saying it's been around for about 50 years, and I think when I first moved to Portland, it was, you know, 1990, and the adjustments or, you know, the improvements that Portland was making had already been underway. You know, why was Portland such a leader of this type of of a charge? Um, I think Portland and Oregonians have always really valued um, the land upon which, you know, our city is based and and sort of the nature that surrounds us and protecting our surrounding areas from development encroachment of of urban growth was sort of why the urban growth boundary was put into place, which allowed for a lot of sort of denser, um, environmentally conscious uh, pieces of development. I think Portland's on the forefront of public transportation and bicycling. All of these things come from sort of this, I think, ethos of protecting the environment, of being part of a community and, and you know, sort of having these, having people that live here that have progressive thoughts like, okay, I don't need to drive my car to work every day. I think people in Portland were probably doing that 10 years before it became kind of mainstream or popular. So I think, you know, just that love of the environment, love of the surrounding areas um, as sort of the core ethos of this town kind of leads to more responsible development and more responsible growth. And I think that as those things have become more popular than mainstream America, um, Portland's really been able to lead the way in terms of showing how a city can develop uh, responsibly and environmentally um, sound ways. My, my next question was going to be uh, why Portland is such a hub for the outdoor industry, and you, uh, you kind of just answered that. 
Um, <laughs> that that love of the no, land. That's part of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you can answer some more on that. What advantages do you think it has over other areas uh, in the country? You know, why is it that hub? And uh, you know, how can it? What, what what does it have that other cities and parts of the country perhaps don't have? Well, um, I think that one of the reasons Portland's a, a big hub for the athletic and outdoor industry in particular is the love of the outdoors is, is ingrained in every Oregonian and every Portlander. You know, within an hour or two of leaving Portland, you have access to so many different types of recreational opportunities. You have hiking, biking, um, trail running, you know, kayaking, uh, windsurfing any number of things. So I think just that the variety of recreational opportunities that are close by definitely leads to people wanting to make that more a part of their life. And so I think that that the reason why athletic and outdoor industry companies thrive here is because the people that they want working at their companies are the people that sort of live this lifestyle day to day. And there's a lot of those people here that are interested in living that lifestyle and then interested in sort of pursuing their passions as part of their work. And I think that so it makes sense for companies to sort of uh, exist here in this ecosystem and and grow here. Do you think the weather has something to do with it? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's raining right now, so I don't know what you mean, but like, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, the weather is, is mild for sure. Like it's, um, you know, when it's raining here, it's snowing on the mountains hopefully. And so, um, it's great to be able to go and ski and, and then in the summer when it's hot, you know, like get out and, and, uh, go maybe to a river and relax there, do a float. So yeah, I mean the, the weather is, it's great. You're always able to leave the house and do something outside. The weather is not really prohibitive of that. So maybe if we could just talk a little bit more detail about what PDC is actually doing with the, with the athletic and outdoor industries. Could you describe some of your programs that you're sure. working on? So really a lot of the stuff that we do is um, organizing around the industry to help promote it as well as connect companies and people to each other. You know, we have a website, aoportland.com, that we created. It has a jobs board. It has an events calendar. We really focus on talent development, uh, entrepreneurship, as well as sort of networking and building community. So um, for talent development, we've created a young professionals group called Athletic and Outdoor Young Professionals, or AOYP. Um, and that really focuses on sort of the next generation of athletic and outdoor industry leaders. The YP group is really focused on education, networking, and mentorship. So it's, it's uh, led by a committee of young professionals who then put on events and meetups for other young professionals. And it's one of the few times that, you know, uh, somebody just starting out in their career might be able to meet with somebody in a company that they don't work in. So if you're working at Adidas, it might not be very often that you get to meet with another young professional that's working at Columbia or Leatherman or Gerber. Um, But building those sorts of networks really early on ensures that talented people stay in Portland when they're looking to build their career here. Because if you don't know anybody, then it's really hard to make that next step in your career. 
And we really, you know, we want talented people to stay in Portland. We do a thing called a peer-to-peer. We select between eight and nine uh, companies a year, small to medium-sized businesses that are, you know, growing quickly. Uh, We bring in experts on different topics such as HR, accounting, legal, finance, and have them kind of give a presentation as well as lead a discussion around topics that are sort of key to growing your business. Like you may have sort of been bootstrapping it for the last like three years, but you know, in order to really make the next leap, you need to know certain things and you need to be able to ask somebody certain questions. And this creates a very open dialogue between not only the presenters uh, and the companies, but also the companies themselves. So they learn a lot from each other. Um, And that's all facilitated by Sean Beers, who um, runs Portland Product Works right now, used to work at Columbia. Um, He has deep ties to this industry and kind of knows it at all levels. So he's a great facilitator and also a great mentor to a lot of these companies as well. And then we do uh, our annual event. The annual event is sort of our biggest event. It's one of the few times that everyone in the industry can kind of get together under one roof in Portland, as opposed to having to be at a trade show. And it's like, oh, you're just running into Portland people left and right. But it's like, why are we in Vegas or Salt Lake City? Like, why don't we do this in Portland? So that's a really fun event. Then, yeah, and then I also just work one-on-one with companies to help connect them to resources where I can and, you know, just help them connect to one another. So it's it's great to just sort of be uh, somebody that can help build somebody else's network. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I just want to back up for a second because it sounds like when you first started this project, and it sounds like maybe you had to do some education among the, the companies to, to note that they were part of this hub. And you said you had to show that there even was this, this group of companies here working in this space together. Was that, um, was that a challenge? Well, what we did is our first annual event, we actually unveiled this poster that showed sort of the big three companies, Nike, Adidas, and Columbia, as well as, you know, it showed the evolution of the industry here over time. Um, and people were really like, you know, it really spoke to the industry, I think. I think it was like, oh, wow, like, look how many companies have come here in the last 10 years. And then look how many companies respond off of the big three. And, you know, and it's not just like footwear companies. It's also like knifing tool companies. It's also service providers. It's also legal firms, you know. And so I think that it was like, oh, yeah, wow, we're all a part of this industry. And at the time, being like pretty knee deep in the recession, you know, people understood like you know a rising tide lifts all boats and and i think that it was evident once once we unveiled that poster and and once we kind of talked about you know the city is behind this industry um people really were interested in, in figuring out how they could help yeah i've seen that poster and the interactive version online and what i think is really fascinating about that you know both sam and i having been part of one of the big three there in the early days in the 90s and whatnot, and we've seen the growth as well. But it's interesting when someone actually documents it and you get to step back and look at it mm-hmm. and pull it all together. It shines a light on things. It focuses people's attention on something, as you said, that wasn't seen before. And it was very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. We kept hearing of new brands coming and new brands coming, and after a while you, you – uh, you wonder, well, what's, what's actually going on there? Uh, so I thought it was really fascinating to, to look at and a very smart piece to do. Yeah, and it's also interesting, you know, on the, uh, the WorkSource Oregon report that you guys have on your website, I mean, it looks like 
from those initial days when you started working with this group uh, of companies, it's been steadily increasing. And then also things like payroll and wages have been increasing steadily in the area since, you know, since 2006, it looks like. So um, do you guys want to take credit for that? <laughs> um, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I mean, I think obviously, like, no economic development agency can ever take full credit for anything that's happening in the economy. Um all we can do is hope that our efforts in sort of bringing together the industry and then promoting Ford as a hub have sort of paid off in getting the word out there that, like, this is the place to be if you're a company looking for talent. Um, and if you are somebody that's look interested in working for the industry, you know, there's all kinds of support for you here. Um, you know, there's no reason for you to be anywhere else. <laughs> I think now there's a lot of talk, you know, with other states, like pre creating like recreation offices and stuff like that. But I think in terms of the actual industry here, um, I think we were one of the first to really recognize that like creating a supportive environment is is first and foremost in getting companies to stay and grow as well as uh, relocate here. Yeah, what, what do you guys do to bring companies to Portland? What have you been doing that's working and uh, and what are you doing now? I would say that unlike a lot of other states, we don't really play the incentives game. We don't have a lot of incentives to give companies to move here monetarily. For the most part, like Oregon doesn't really do that. So like then what do you do if you're not throwing money at companies, right? right. Um, so like I said, what we really try to do is just show that you have something larger here. The Portland brand is kind of what speaks to a lot of companies as well. Um, and so maintaining that brand and building on that brand is something that we really try to do. So a lot of our programs are really built around sort of smaller, smaller companies. And, and those are the ones that we really want to try to, to help grow and, and cultivate here. I think a lot of the economic development programs in the past focused around, you know, recruiting large companies to your city and i think portland's economic development strategy was really built built around growing our own and, and growing what's in our own backyard the concentration of talent that we have in portland is really what draws a lot of the big companies to be here obviously um because we have nike we have adidas we have columbia um under armor will be here soon um icebreaker is here keen is here so you know we've got so much talent and wealth of knowledge here around this industry. That's what brings, I think that, that's what attracts people here. So our job is really, how can we help maintain that talent? How can we help grow that talent? Because we know that's going to be the real attracting force, right? Not mm -hmm. just money or incentives or anything like that. Because if they wanted that, I think they would go somewhere else. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about those uh, those new companies and or even new designers coming out of the the educational system. There's actually when when I went to school in Portland, uh, you know, an outdoor design industry didn't really exist in in the schools. We were all right. taught in kind of dying fashion schools and uh, things that were shifting around. And and since then, the educational system has really stood up to, or you know, the college system there is uh, stood up to the challenge of providing talent and training people in partnership with a lot of these companies. But when you think about some of these new designers and these new companies that you work with and connect with on a regular basis, what are some of the biggest challenges you see for them starting out, you know, in the industry in general um, or, you know, in other parts of the country? Um, and how are you guys addressing those challenges? You know, design has become a very popular Field, I would say. Um, and 
one of the things that I'm I'm particularly proud of is is the local educational system really identifying athletic and outdoor as a key industry and then creating programs to help serve talent that are looking to be into that industry. In the last five years, we've seen Pencil Footwear Academy um, led by Dwayne Edwards. Uh, That came online and that has been an amazing program for footwear design. Um, It brings students to Portland from all over the country, all over the world. Um, He is such a supporter of helping talent recognize that like this is a this is an industry that you can really have a successful career in. And not only that, he really values sort of diversity in talent, which I think is a really big issue for this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really helps to, to uh, do concrete things around increasing the diversity within this industry, increasing that talent pipeline. Um, you've got the U of O Sports Product Management Program, which really helps uh, um, people that are interested in sort of the business and design side of things to to understand the industry better and get internships and and learn about you know how do they work in this industry. You've got the Portland State University Athletic and Outdoor um, Industry Certificate, which is like a business side uh, certificate that people can take when they're in business school and and um, you know figure out how to work in retail or supply chain. And sort of some of these business functions within the athletic and outdoor industry that are sometimes not often recognized. So, I, you know, I think that athletic and outdoor, you know, there's so many different avenues to work in this industry. And sometimes people don't really realize that, you know, they think, oh, I have to be a designer or I have to, you know, be an athlete. And it's like, no, you could you could be an accountant. You could be like, you know, a financial analyst and work at one of these companies, you know, and, and be actually very valued there. So, um, you know, I think that there's so many different avenues to work in this industry. And we're really trying to work with our universities and our high schools to let local talent know that that this is something that they can go into. Uh, you know, the, the industry is so broad and diverse and there are so many um avenues to to have a career within the athletic and outdoor industry. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about manufacturing side of it and supply chain side of it, because, you know, so far we've been talking about kind of like the big firms, the big retail and and consumer facing firms, but um, maybe people don't know as much about what's going on on the manufacturing side in Portland. Yeah, I mean... We have so many sort of smaller uh, craft manufacturers here in Portland um, that that's sort of become its own uh, spin-off industry, I guess you could say, like of the athletic and outdoor. Athletic and outdoor doesn't really, the name doesn't really in, like encapsulate that particular industry, but it's still part of our industry because they're creating consumer goods and consumer products um, and selling them outside the region. So. Companies like Make It Good, Melon Mary, Tanner Goods, uh, Spool Town, Portland Garment Factory, um, all of these are kind of bringing back the local manufacturing scene here in Portland. And I think that's something we really value. Um, And then you also have other manufacturers opening up. JLD Studios just opened up and they are a prototyping studio where you know if you're looking to make your own uh, fashion apparel line you can go there and you can get a small run made they make they make one item for people sometimes um, and that's that's a service that I think has really gone neglected in our in our industry and in our local economy is that ability to 
have a sort of small apparel line or do something on a smaller scale because if you're not, if you don't know what you're going to do, like in terms of going to China and getting something made, you know, how can you get it made locally and how can you start small? And I think there's different places opening up now that recognize that they have to provide that service to local designers and local manufacturers as well. So, And not to mention the, you know, addressing the Made in, made in America movement. Uh, we, we started to cover some of that in our first conference in 2014. Uh, and um, yeah, that is, that's gained a lot of buzz and some momentum and everyone's trying to figure that piece out. It's kind of like when sustainability first started really hitting and everyone was trying to think, wow, how do we tackle this huge issue and I think Made in America is in that same position and uh, Portland's got some answers yeah. to that and it's interesting I, you know we're here in Oakland now and have lived in San Francisco we've been I've been getting a little bit more involved with some of the local groups on San Francisco manufacturing and um, we've talked with people in other cities as well and we'll always end up mentioning the PDC and t- and, and most of the time no one's ever heard of it you know, down in some of the other cities, and they're very surprised by it, um, and they love the idea of it. Um, what do you think about what other key cities like San Francisco, New York City, are doing or not doing to address their own industries the way the way Portland is? Whether they're dying or revitalizing, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I. I don't know too much about sort of what they, what programs either of those cities have um, in terms of helping local manufacturers or even uh, apparel footwear companies. Um, You know, the Bay Area, the conversation there is now predominantly on, I think, you know, how can we have a diverse economy when so many people are being pushed out and, and only one type of person is there. And so I think that's, that's something that Portland really, uh, you know, has has noticed and is sort of taking a, a warning call because we don't want that to happen here. It's great that we can still have a manufacturer, um, you know, right in the Central East Side. Um, you know, Dennis Uniforms is there. Make It Good is there. Nell and Mary is there. Um, you know, we have several bike companies that are there. Renovo Bicycles that make hardwood bikes. They're all so close in and it creates this thriving environment of, of makers and, and craft manufacturers that sort of, um, it, it makes things different. It keeps things different. You know, you don't want to just walk down the street and see one type of company. You don't want to walk down the street and just see one type of person. And I think that's going to be the biggest battle um, is how do we maintain the, the fabric of our city that you know, allows for different types of people to exist within the same boundaries. And I think it's hard because it's always balancing what everybody wants, which is a diverse fabric um, uh, for a city with market forces. We recently created a new plan for the Central East Side where a lot of the manufacturers are that sort of limits the amount of residential um, development that can happen there so that more manufacturing can continue to happen there. We also recognize that keeping sort of that manufacturing history in that area is really important. So, um, you know, now that you've been, you know, the Portland Development Commission has been on this path for the last five years or so, what's, what's the vision for the next five years? So we just unveiled a new five-year strategic plan for our agency that is really focused on 
bringing more people into the fold. So our first five-year strategy was really focused on adding jobs, helping the economy get out of the recession. And we were able to achieve a lot of our goals for, for each of the industries that we focus on. Um, and then for this next five years, we're really going to be thinking about who was left out of that um, economic recovery. Um, who haven't we brought into the fold as we move forward into this you know, new economy? Um, there's still a lot of people that can't have access to it because of education, because of background um, discrimination. Um, and, and so we're, we're thinking more along those terms of, you know, how do we create a more equitable and inclusive economy? You know, we have a lot of people that work here in Portland that are in our own backyards that don't know that they can have a career in this industry or they don't know how. And so I think that, you know, working with our educational partners, working with our industry um, to figure out, like, how do we how do we train the next generation of people to work in this industry and, and make sure that, you know, we're we're kind of creating a. Uh, an inclusive environment where people from all backgrounds can come and be part of this industry. I think that's going to be our new challenge moving forward. And, and sort of that's what the PDC is hoping to help address in the next five years. And if people want to get involved, what's the best way that they can do that? Yeah. So if they want to get involved, they can visit our website, aoportland.com. Um, they can email us at, at pdxao at pdc.us. Um, and then I'm also on Twitter at PDXAO. Um, and then also, like I said, there's the upcoming annual event on December 9th. That's open to all. And I think it's going to be a great, a great night. We're going to have storytelling. We're going to have a room map there. Um, there's usually drink and raffle prizes. So that's always a fun time. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities to be involved. The Athletic and Outdoor Young Professionals group is looking for new committee members as well. A lot of this information, all of this information actually is on our website. Well, thanks, Sue. This has been awesome. We really appreciate it. This podcast is a project of Structure Event, the creative conference for the active outdoor and urban design industry. For more information about the podcast or the conference, check out our website at structureevent.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating on iTunes and tell your friends. Thanks for listening.